Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy and exhausting. Join me, Shana, some of the Twinkle EYFS team, special guest speakers and other early years practitioners as we talk honestly about our experiences. Whether you're listening for CPD, on your commute or to help you relax, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. Hello lovely listeners, it's Shana here from the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast here to bring you another great episode that will hopefully empower your practice and give you a little bit of laugh at the same time. Now we are going to do another two-parter with the lovely Julia and Louise from the CPD team. This time we're going to be doing two episodes on fine motor skills because it is a massive subject and of course there is a lot to cover so we don't want to miss anything so we're going to do two episodes so that part one is happening in this episode but before we get there we are going to do something that we haven't done in a little while so I'm glad we brought it back for the past couple of weeks we've had lots of lovely days that celebrate galentines valentines and all sorts and we thought it would be a lovely opportunity to share the love with our practitioners and our colleagues so a couple of weeks ago I put on social media a question about who should we share the love with and why these are some of your responses Isabel would like to share the love with Katie, Louise, Sarah and Hannah. She says we might not work together any of us anymore, but we're still awesome. Claire would like to give a shout out to the Cranham, Catkins and Cranberry girlies because they're all awesome. Heather would like to give a big lovely shout out to Becca, Lily, Laura, Jane and Rosie. And she says they make me so proud of our team and work so hard to support the children and their families. Amanda wants to share the love with Megan, Katie, Sarah, Anna, Kelly, Cassie and Sophie, an amazing team who worked so hard. Claire wants to give a big shout out to Karen, Emma, Emma, Sarah, Sally and Brooke and everybody who I work with. She says they are amazing and I can't thank them all enough. Kathy wants to give a big shout out to Jenny, Rachel, Leanne, Emily, Hannah, Neve, Shannon, Michaela, Sean, Kellyanne, Katie, Cindy, Mandy, Lindsay, another Katie, Lucy, Emily, and Emily. And she says they all deserve my love as they are amazing at looking after our little people. And last but certainly not least, Heidi would like to give a big shout out to all the team at Early Birds Nursery Billington for recently getting outstanding Ofsted and looking after the children and their families so well. I can't thank them enough for all their hard work. And she also gives a big shout out to Philippa and Becca. So there we are. There's a big shout out sharing the love. That is so wonderful. Thank you guys. It's nice to be reminded to feel appreciated and valued by your team and you will work so hard. So a big shout out to all of you. Okay, now we've got that done. Let's move on to our main event and we're going to start with part one of fine motor skills with the wonderful Julia and Louise from the Twinkle Early Years CPD team. Hello, lovely Julia and Louise, Louise and Julia, also known as Lulia, our adorable CPD earliest couple. 
wait no couple sounds like you're together our adorable earlier cpd <laughs> couple of educators <laughs> couple of educators i love it yes exactly how are you first of all good good yeah great well. thanks. How are you, thanks for welcoming us back you're welcome you're welcome i'm doing good and even more for the better for seeing you guys obviously obviously now it's no secret that these cpd episodes that you do are very popular okay people are loving the info that you one's giving out so we're going to do another two-parter episode where we talk about a massive topic and see if we can break it down does that sound good ladies let's go Sounds we're excited great. let's do it let's do it okay so the big one that i'm sure everyone is going to be familiar with already is motor skills in particular fine motor skills because it's just it's massive isn't it and there's so much to even think about learn about talk about where do we even start how about we start here because it's usually bigger than fine motor skills isn't it it's motor skills as a whole and it starts with gross motor skills so let's start there what are gross motor skills well gross motor skills is a great place to start because they are essential in creating a really firm foundation for fine motor skills so it's a great place to start shana they involve the large muscles of the body so that's anything including arms legs upper body but not only that um, there are actually two parts with gross motor skills because there's obviously the body strength side which would include all of the different muscle groups throughout the body but there is also body awareness which is where a child or an adult understands where their bodies are in space any changes to their position or movement and learn how their bodies move. So there's two different elements to gross motor skills. And as I've already said, they're really essential in forming a firm foundation for fine motor skills. I would say when you're talking about fine motor skills, you're going to be thinking about developing before focusing on the intricacies of fine motor skills, even though they are linked and interwoven with each other physically so that sort of sums it up oh no it's very good <laughs> i'm just thinking that i know it sounds really strange but the one word that stuck in my brain is legs <laughs> how on earth do legs have anything to do with fine motor skills well because they're forming the firm foundation of holding your body and balancing yourself uh, and oh yeah being able to go up high and go down low to you know, when you're thinking about where we're all working towards with mark making and things, you need to have a really strong core sense of body strength, whether it be in your legs or your arms or your shoulder to be able to make marks and be able to write and be able to sort of be aware of where all your different parts of your body are. So it's probably more or less about the stability and control of holding your body. That makes total sense. So as you sort of think about development of gross motor skills, they're going to be an ongoing focus as the child continues to develop. It's not that they come sort of first and then fine motor skills sort of kick in and you start focusing on that. Gross motor skills should be developing with the child all the way through because the body needs to support because the body is changing and growing and children obviously are growing at a fast rate. So developing gross motor skills should should be a big focus throughout early years. So if we're thinking about babies and where babies start, they start developing the skills needed to be able to hold themselves. So to lift their heads up, to move their legs, to roll over and eventually to be able to sit un unaided and then walk and, and move. And then 
later down the line, and we'll go into this a bit more in detail in a, in a, in a little while, as children develop further into sort of three or four or maybe school age, they're developing a range of different movements with their large m- muscles and their bodies. Great. So there's obviously a lot to go on there. And also, how much growing does a child do from the age of birth to five? Like, that's a rhetorical question, I mean. Like, that is a lot of developing going on. So I suppose their fine motor skills will also develop at the same rate, like, because they're still literally growing. Don't we grow until, like, we're, like, 18 anyway? Like, our bodies continue to grow, our muscles, our bones, everything. And our brains as well. You know, they say that our brains continue to develop far beyond when we turn 18. So, I mean, there's no definitive end and beginning of these things and I think that's a really important point to bring up like a huge thing to remember is that every single child will develop at a different rate because it's something that's very easy to do with gross and fine motor skills is compare children and you don't want to say oh well this child can do it at this age that means that my child is behind or my child is ahead and there's no such thing in a lot of ways because every child is different and every child will develop those skills at a different rate. So you just need to take them as individuals and be careful about comparison. Yeah. And like you say, also, it's kind of a, a lifelong skill that we're going to be developing for our, up until we're adults anyway. So we will continue to change and develop. So that's good. That's really important. So if the larger muscle groups in, in terms of like balance and stability and, and movement coordination, that's your gross motory stuff. What's your fine motor stuff then? So fine motor skills involve small muscles working together with the brain and the nervous system to control movements in various parts of the body, such as the hands, the fingers, even the lips, the tongue and the eyes. So they go far beyond the movement that we can actually see. Mm. And it's actually also they rely on children's cognitive skills. So that's their mental processes that allow them to basically understand and deal with and process information and cognitive skills help us to solve problems for example or make decisions and they're essential for fine motor skill development so it's really important for children to understand kind of the information that they process and then they coordinate their fine motor skill movement so it's all those things like when we're asking a child to walk down the stairs, for example, we just sort of, as adults, we do it unconsciously, right? But as a child, they're taking in that information. They're learning, right, I've got to lift this leg up. I've got to put this foot down here. I've got to put this hand on the handrail. And they're doing that all consciously. Not necessarily consciously all the time, but it's a lot of processing that goes on that we can't see, definitely. Like, there's a lot of cognitive processing that they're dealing with, especially, I think, of when children are going maybe up or downstairs have never been before or like yeah. a spiral staircase you can really see there like the cogs turning essentially being like oh how am I going to navigate this and also stairs are often not made for little children so they have a lot of a harder time than we do stepping up and down so they will need to coordinate themselves <laughs> a lot more but just imagine us the proportions of us dealing with a staircase if when you're two or three years old you're like that's pretty hard <laughs> Well, that's weird to think about. Yeah, living yeah. in like a giant world of having to try and do all these obstacles. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should do that. Maybe there's like an adult jungle gym that we could. That would be quite. Yeah, fun, exactly. Actually. It's just it's just like when you imagine going to the like those big kind of assault courses. You're really working a lot harder to think. How am I going to navigate this big space with my body? So there yeah. you are. So basically, children are just doing ninjawari every day or gladiators. <laughs> that's on telly now, isn't it? 
So yeah, it's just bloody yeah. rocking. It takes a lot of cognitive processing, remember. There we are. <laughs> I love it. So great. Um, are there different kinds of fine motor skills that kids need to learn? Uh, yes. Yeah, so there's seven, well, there's sort of seven different areas, particularly that we have been focusing on. So they are finger strength, hand strength, the development of the wrist, obviously gross motor skills we view as part of it even though obviously it's focusing on the the larger muscles and the body awareness it's included in fine motor development hand-eye coordination and then moving into sort of the finer parts of developing your motor development is the use of scissors and mark making Nice. And I'm sure that's what part two is for, right? We'll go black deep diving into those seven exactly. aspects. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And see what nice. they look like in practice and how it can support them. I like it. I like it. Okay. I'm hoping for some practical activities in that episode then, ladies, just saying. Um, oh, definitely. Yes. So we've got two, what seemingly looks like two separate skills, um, gross motor and fine motor, but they must, they, surely they must be connected somehow. Do they work together? Oh, definitely. So as Lou was saying, gross motor skills are so important for fine motor skills to develop. So they both involve, you know, coordination and development of muscle groups. So they work hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And that's often why if a caregiver will come up and say, I'm really concerned about my child not being able to write yet, we will go back and actually see, well, how have they developed their gross motor skills do they feel confident in making those movements because you can't skip forward too many steps if they haven't gone through that process so gross motor skills are essential for laying those foundations for fine motor skills and developing the skills that control the coordination of their bodies that enable the strength so they can execute fine motor tasks because we talk about how gross motor helps fine motor but fine motor also supports the development of gross motor skills because it means that they can develop better hand-eye coordination and their ability to grasp and manipulate objects which they can enable them to then perform more gross motor skills with greater accuracy and spatial awareness oh. so it's interesting how they work as a team yeah because usually you would say you can't do fine motor without gross motor but you wouldn't usually say oh you can't do gross motor without fine it's not motor. that you can't so do it but they help each other mm. i like that it's a two-way street yin and yang. <laughs> i think is is a really important point and we uh, we more than likely will come back to this in a little, little while again that when you're considering your early years environment and your provision you can't have one without the other they they need to be practicing both skills yeah and we say that quite a lot in early years don't we really our entire curriculum it's very rare that you'll get an activity that's just one area of the curriculum mm-hmm. quite a lot of them cover all of it to be honest everything is it's so, almost impossible it is isn't it and everything's so interrelated and of course we know gross motor skills are important for you know the physical development side and fine motor skills are really handy for things like mark making expressive arts and design and writing and literacy but why aren't why are those skills so important for other things as well or just in general so they're important for everyday life fine and gross motor skills help us you you probably don't even realize all the things that they help us to do every part of our day and they help us to perform many essential tasks for example self-care tasks so tying your shoelaces brushing your teeth washing your hands feeding yourself all of that is both 
fine and gross motor skills. Accessing daily tasks and routines, so being able to turn the pages of a book, being able to type on a keyboard or on a mobile phone. You're using really intricate movements in your fingers and your knuckles and you've got the strength in your hand to be able to do that. Other things like maintaining a healthy lifestyle and being active without the strength and the awareness of where your body is, then you wouldn't be able to move in the same way. So it helps you to maintain a healthy lifestyle as well as developing obviously all the physical skills and the strength and the endurance and the stamina and ultimately being able to become independent with many different aspects of life and to be confident in it, being able to do them. So loads of different ways of why they're essential and why they're important. And one other thing is it helps children well, and adults, to develop socially because they're using their motor skills quite often to develop social interactions with each other. So, for example, kicking a ball to someone else, completing a puzzle together. They're actually, whilst they're developing their motor skills, they're actually developing socially as well. It's just like learning how to use your body, isn't it? Motor skills is just use the big parts of your body and use the little parts of your body. Like you're being they work together. Like, <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> if you sit and think for a minute, like how much we do use different parts of our bodies every day, I think we'd be really surprised. We just take it for granted, don't we, often? Yeah. And we're just lucky that, yeah, like you say, we've got a an early years that knows about this stuff really well and I think we do do fine and gross motor skills really well it'd be really nice I think to see it more in the national curriculum because I think early years have a lot to like show how well we do it and there's no reason why it still can't be done in like key stage one and key stage mm. two key stage three you know and just keep it going so that'd be really fun in a way, we're, we're still learning to use our bodies as we go into adulthood. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. always think back to things like if you don't have enough body awareness type activities when you're younger, things like rolling down a hill and being able to place yourself and know where parts of your body are and be able to monitor how your body is moving as your head's moving if you don't ha have a lot of that development when you're younger you find things like going up in a lift and going up on an escalator really challenging because your your body's having to work really hard to know where it is and place itself so I think even going into adulthood you can still develop many aspects of fine and gross motor skills to support day-to-day -day tasks yeah, and even just for hobbies, like, I'm not even going to lie, like, when I'm an adult, I do aerial sport now. I didn't do that when I was a kid. Mm. But, you know, that's like doing trapeze and, and hoop and, and silks. And basically, I'm just like Zendaya um, <laughs> on the weekends. But, you know, that's an adult thing. That's gross yeah. motor skills. Yeah. I'm learning things that I can do with my body that I probably necessarily shouldn't do. But it's fun. I didn't know I could do it. Let's try. I'm being able to go upside down for a prolonged yeah. amount of oh my God, yeah. time and your head's okay with that you know that's huge mm. Mm. <laughs> we're getting there we're getting there yeah yeah no but it's fascinating I think that every time if I ever go to like a yoga class you always think yeah yeah I'm doing exactly what you're doing and then they come over and adjust you and you're like oh, okay I clearly wasn't doing what you were doing <laughs> and it's just it's still a process you know you're still learning yeah this is it and it's like a journey speaking of it's a journey where does it begin and does it look the same because obviously the first five years of life obviously a lot happens and a lot of development happens especially in motor skills so have you got a 
kind of a brief outline of maybe how it could look? So we did try and put something together, but we want to make it super clear that every single child will develop different rates. These skills will develop differently. And it's just so important to meet children where they are so they can gain confidence and build strength in their movements before moving on to more challenging activities. So we've got an outline, but it's not a strict outline. So just be careful with that because we want to make Mm. that that really clear because otherwise you know also children feel bad when we start to say oh when they're a bit older obviously when they're babies they don't know that <laughs> but you say oh <laughs> you should be doing this and this no 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 <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> they're okay so as soon as babies are born they start to develop their gross motor movements and they start to move their arms and their legs and they enjoy the space and the freedom of movement so it's a lot of tummy which time. actually sorry to interrupt julia but actually they will have started all of that before yes. they're born actually won't yeah. they in the womb there's a lot of movement in, the in there yeah. yeah your poor mum's getting kicked and all sorts <laughs> from the inside yeah i've seen yeah. those tiktok videos weird they're already excited to get moving yeah <laughs> they enjoy the freedom and the space yeah so as soon as they're out then they're going to do more of that and they enjoy kind of strengthening those muscles their arms their legs and of course their necks as they learn to hold their head up as well because the head's very heavy so they'll develop that their positional awareness as well and kind of start to understand their own little bodies you know as they start to grasp onto things with their hands too mm. so little things that they might be doing as well as kind of closing and opening their fists they might be bringing things to their mouth transferring things between their hands stretching and moving their legs and arms starting to lift their head and turning their head rolling onto their back to their tummy so lo lots of things just in their first year but um, shaking and banging toys, sitting up, reaching for objects as they get a bit older and then beginning to crawl as well in that first year. But there's lots of different things that they'll start to be doing in their first year. It's loads. Exploring. Yeah, it is. It is yeah, a lot. It's a crazy 12 months. <laughs> it is mad how, how quickly it happens, which anyone will know when they've kind of looked after a baby or had a baby or been in contact with the baby, just like, incredible to see how their development honestly i'll go and see my friends who are like loads of my friends have got babies now and i'll go and see them when they're newborns mm. and they're like very cute and then a couple months later i'll go see them again i'm like who is this child it's mad who, how do they <laughs> they're walking they're crawling Come on, they we're can just say born. my name. <laughs> like, yeah, like what's happened? It's so speedy. It mm. does happen very quick. It's it's so surprising. But they're constantly learning at that age when they're little. We just can't can't necessarily see or understand it. So what happens after one? So then once they reach sort of from around the age of one, I mean, we've talked about the speed, of the, the pace at which they're already learning before that, but they develop at a great oh, pace. No, does it get quicker? <laughs> it, well, they just kept, that, that once they're able to take those first few unsteady steps and then they, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. they start to cruise and to walk. They then the world is their oyster. They're off, so uh, they, they can't catch them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> quick, so they start to get further control of their fingers and their hands, and they develop greater hand-eye coordination. They start to clap and to wave and to point and to pick up items and to build, begin to stack them. They start to be able to move to a standing position and then to squat and and hold themselves and to then to sit unaided which is a massive step and then they start to bring their hands together to the midline of the uh, the body and coordinate them more and then eventually 
they might start to pick up speed with their walking a little bit more and start to run. You're telling me. (laughs) (laughs) Although it might be a bit unsteady. So, um, so yeah, so there's a a lot. Yeah. When you see them running for the first time, you're like, oh, dear. Oh, it's the plod. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen I know the noise. Yeah. So, yes, there's a lot of gross motor development going on around that age. Parents of toddlers, if you're listening, I know. (laughs) It's coming. So what happens after that? Surely they slow down. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) Between the ages of two and four, they continue to develop and they'll develop their coordination even further as they start to run a bit faster, jump, climb balance on one foot I mean that's always very cute as well my nephew was saying he was balancing on one foot but he was holding onto the sofa so uh, didn't want to put that out that's a clever boy he's just using the things around him he's clever he's developing his body awareness and his proprioception yeah he's getting there there. (laughs) I said that to him and he just looked at me confused it was weird (laughs) (laughs) so they also begin to manipulate more objects and do different range of movements such as holding kind of like chunkier writing tools or threading and they'll do more of self-care tasks as well so for example putting on their own coat and unzipping it a great one might have been if you've seen that video where you put the coat on the floor and they put their hands in, they flip it over themselves, and they're so proud. Yes. <laughs> and they get zips in their eyes because they've whipped it too quick. Well, yes. yes. <laughs> if they're around other children, yes. You have to have yeah, a bit of a me. zone. It happened a lot. Yeah. Really? No. <laughs> yes, I had to wear goggles. I had to, like, right, kids, warn me if you're putting your blooming coats on because I need to keep my eyeballs today. <laughs> they just whip it so fast. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I've never experienced that. <laughs> You don't want it. No, I think I'm good. And they'll, you know, turn pages in a book one at a time because when they're a little bit younger, they might do chunks and they'll be able to be able to do that a little bit easier. And they might start to use scissors, make snips and cut along a straight line, complete kind of different types of puzzles, screw and unscrew lids as well. So lots of different new tasks that they'll be trying between ages of two and four. Lots of development. Nice. So then what like are we getting on to writing yet like mm, we're talking about motor skills and people are probably thinking hang on a minute hello motor skills is writing mark making we're not even there yet in between those ages they'll start to pick up chunkier ones often it will depend on like we said every child's individual development but they might have already started to use chalk and things outside and kind of do those different types of rollers and paint yeah. brushes and so preparing like- them for they'll be able to do things like this that. is it isn't it like all of this might not seem relevant to reading and writing or whatever but actually if I always used to say um to my staff members if a child can't wipe their bum then what's the point of putting a pencil in their hand like come on like gross motor skills using do you know what I mean like using the arm don't laugh at me you're laughing at me before you know, using the <laughs> arm and the shoulder you wipe your bum you know no, but that is an example of muscle yeah. strength that they won't be need, needing to do so there's, um, exactly. if they're not able to do certain things that require their gross motor strength, then yeah, you don't want to rush them to holding a pencil because they might not have that shoulder and core strength. And that will actually just, you know, they'll struggle. You don't want to rush them there. No, we'll take it to step by step. We don't want to jump a few steps. Start with 
wiping your bum. There you go. Then maybe that should just be a mantra for life. No, no, I'll continue. Uh, That's so- all anyone's going to take away from this. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, they take what they take from it. We've got no control over that. But <laughs> after two to four, we're getting our ready, kids ready for full-time school now then. Surely there can't be anything else. Yeah. Well, by that stage, children are more likely to be able to perform a range of move- movements with balance and coordination. So they will be able to manage a more precise, smaller motor movements and use a range of tools. So they will be more likely to be using things like scissors and pencils to make marks. And like we were just saying, they'll have more access to a range of self-care tasks that they'll be able to do increasingly confidently and independently and much easier for them to do. So they'll be moving in a range of ways. They'll be able to hold and cut with scissors, probably creating different shapes and following different lines. They're more likely to be able to use a knife and fork and cut their food on their own, place items like smaller items into containers, feeding them through like posting into small holes. They'll be able to use a range of tools like tweezers and pets maybe for to transfer water and then obviously then we get on to all the things around mark making and holding a pencil and being able to make shapes and pictures and letters and numbers yeah and there's a huge amount of mark making skills in in this sort of age which is why it's such a huge focus as children develop and develop their fine and gross motor skills they're more able to do things like that and then they'll be able to like moving on from things like doing the flip trick with the uh, coat. They'll be able to manage the zips and buttons and poppers and yeah, climb stairs confidently. Yes, yeah, huge. There's so many things. But yeah, they'll definitely be able to be to be more confident and independent, I think is probably the key word here. Yeah. And I think especially with buckles and things like mm. that, they might not get it all perfectly, but they're developing it and then yeah. they want to do it independently and it'll just come within time. It'll come in time, mm, won't it? Yeah. So loads of stuff they're learning, these little ones. Crazy. <laughs> we do have some questions from our listeners. Ooh. First one, I'm interested in this question. Hand dominance. I've got a child in my class who is still swapping their pencil between their left and right hand. They are in nursery, three years old. When do I start noticing that they have a dominant hand? So that's a really interesting question and a question that I think historically has been quite controversial because back in the day they did used to force children to only use one hand the right hand crazy yeah and it was you know and we don't we don't need to do that and I think it's just really important to be aware that we don't need to encourage the use of one hand over another and lots of children will be using both hands and basically it'll develop between the ages of two and four and the hand dominance is usually established by five So you'll start to notice. But it's important to remember that left-handed children might also use the other hand for other activities. So I don't know if anyone has, they know someone that is left-handed for perhaps writing, but then use their right hand for other activities because that's that's quite common. So it doesn't necessarily mean they'll use their left hand for everything. Mm. I mean, on that note, I mean, I'm right-handed, but I apparently hold my cutlery in the wrong hands. So even right-handed people can do that. I think that's actually quite common as well. Yeah, I think some people feel more comfortable doing it the other way. And also, 
it makes sense that if you're using a fork quite a lot that you might want to use it in the right hand exactly my fork is always in my right hand and people look at me like what's wrong with you I'm like nothing I have noticed that quite a few times actually I think that's quite common and it's also quite common I would say because people are using knives less yes in in general so I mean it's just one of those things to be aware of and not to encourage children one way or the other Cool. Thank you very much. That was a great one. Uh, next question. I have a child in reception who's really interested in mark making skills, but is not yet quite ready in terms of hand strength. How can I support their development of fine motor skills so that they can carry on with their interest? Well, I think when you strip it right back to develop mark making, you need to be developing many, many varied fine motor skills. So offering that in your environment to enable children to feel confident is really, really essential. So, and by offering a wide range of different experiences, they're going to be fine-tuning their hands, their fingers, and their awareness of, of their bodies getting ready to mark, make, and use scissors and things. So there's various things that you can do, which actually is in the CPD PowerPoint and the handouts, just some good top tips on how to create fine motor mark making rich environment. Uh, so the first one is really thinking about the provision that you're offering and considering what gross and fine motor skills are available. I always think really purposeful real life experiences engage children the most. So offering things like Gardening and cooking and sewing type activities will really develop the strength in their hands, which obviously in turn will, will help develop all the other mark making skills. So that's that's the first one, really thinking about your provision and changing your provision and making sure that it evolves over time. Thinking about obviously the environment, making sure that you've got indoor and outdoor because obviously children tend to be more active outside. So giving them lots of opportunity to explore fine and gross motor skills and develop hand strength. That's that's what we were focusing on both in the indoor and outdoor environments. Space to move is really, really vital at this stage. Then also thinking about subject knowledge of educators, obviously really understanding all the different steps for different ages and different stages is really essential to ensure that you can provide a supportive environment and plan activities to support milestones in fine and gross motor skills and to also enable them to be able to refine their skills and you know not always offering the same type of activities so that once children can grasp a masher for example you need to be thinking about how to put other things into the environment or offer other activities that will enable them to take what they've learned but refine it in some way so things like tweezers and pipettes and trickier tools for example, will develop the hand strength of young children. Modelling and supporting, hugely important. So having adults alongside children to be able to tailor it to individual needs and next steps and thinking about how to adapt activities and increase or decrease the challenge. And actually, we've got some lovely fine motor skill activities available on site that are both adult-led supported activities as well as activities you can put in continuous provision and on all of them they offer ways to adapt the activities 
to increase or decrease the challenge, whether it's through tools or whether it's through level of support. So yeah, so by doing that, you're obviously going to be encouraging children's confidence and willingness to try and developing stamina for activities. So all of those type of things can really support eventually moving down the line of fine tuning into mark making but it is essential that you don't think of mark making as the focus necessarily that you think of the wider picture Mm -hmm. that it's not just about mark making it's about developing a whole child and developing the fine and the gross motor skills and alongside that thinking about The other sides of mark making, you know, giving children a voice to the communication aspect so that children want to communicate their marks and want to put a mark on a piece of paper in the first place. And a lot of that is the basis of things like methy and sensory play where they're mark making through exploratory play. Beautiful. Loads to do. Of course, lots of things. And like you said, the CPD area, you've got loads of really good activities, resources, information um, that you can help children with. And we've got an entire fine motor skills hub which is full of activities and ideas and and more things that we can do there, which is very exciting. One last question, which I think is a good one. I'm a parent of a two-year-old and they love going to nursery and doing mark making, but then struggle when I get home. How can I help? I think it's so important when it comes to caregivers, firstly as educators, to talk to them about what they understand in terms of fine and gross motor skills, because they may not have heard those terms ever before. I mean, there's not something that we necessarily really talked about growing up. I don't remember being a child and being like, oh, must develop your gross motor skills more. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they may not even know what you're talking about. No, but you're right. that's why it's so important to have that open communication and to invite them in, talk to them about what gross motor skills are, what they look like, and why they are so important for later mark making. Because I would say what most caregivers do know about is mark making, Mm. because it's made such a big deal of when we do go to full-time school, everyone starts to worry about, oh, they can't write their name yet, or their handwriting isn't quite, you know, what I thought it would look like. And that's the focus. And so we just need to make sure that we are able to kind of share that information of knowledge with them and talk to them about what gross motor skills look like and how they can help support it outside of the nursery or earlier education setting that we work in and just show them that they're so, so important for later skills as well as everyday activities. It, I think half of the battle is parents don't get taught this. The only reason we know this is because we do, we, go to like, we do our MVQs, we do our level threes, we do yeah. our, you know, our PGCEs and that's how we know. You have a child, yeah. that, parents do not get taught this stuff and that's half the battle, yeah. I think. So like you say, empowering them and educating yeah. them even showing the resources that you guys might use for staff meetings from the Twinkle CPD Hub and just giving them a handout, you know? Yeah, we have a little um, adult information leaflet specifically to kind of share key points with kind of caregivers so that they can understand why it's so important. Because that's, I mean, as if we don't have enough on our plates, (laughs) we also have to help explain information, explain why it's relevant so that caregivers, we can work together and support children. We'll put all the links to all of that in the the episode description as well. So it's just a click away. But time for learning is over, ladies. Are you ready to play a game? (laughs) Always, always. As ready as we'll ever be. (laughs) Look, I have another reputation for apparently coming up with really difficult games. And I'm just going to contest that right now. I think they're fun, okay? (laughs) They're fun because you know the answers. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, I have got the upper hand there, haven't I? Really, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good point. <laughs> Actually, this one's a little bit different because this was a game that was posted on our social media a couple of weeks ago. So our listeners have been joining in with us and hopefully they're listening to see if they can get the answer. So I am going to show you an image, ladies, and for this exercise, join in in the podcast as well if you haven't already at home. I'm going to ask you to get a pen and a paper. Have you got All right. Are you ready? All right. Ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Right, they're ready. Great. Okay. So... The image I'm showing you, which is on social media, is the picture of a triangle on the top of a square. And inside the square, it's kind of been cut up into, into four as well. So it kind of looks like a house. Or an envelope. Or an envelope, an open envelope. That's a really good way mm -hmm. to describe it, actually. So there's a triangle on the top of a rectangular, squarey type shape that has been cut diagonally into four pieces as well. And on each of those points, including the middle point, there is a dot and they've all been labeled. All the points have been labeled. There are six dots. Now, this is my task to you, ladies. You need to draw this image in one line. You are not allowed to take your pen off Ooh. and you are not allowed to go over a line you've already written. So you're gonna tell me from like, I don't know, starting from point four, and then you go to point three, then you go, and you're gonna tell me how you draw it. I'm gonna give you 30 seconds. Oh. 30 seconds? Anyone wanna try? Anyone gonna start anywhere? Oh yeah, I'm starting. You wanna speak out loud and tell me out loud? I think I'm already wrong though. <laughs> already wrong, well let's find out, let me know, you know. Oh, got so close. I've done it. I did it without the line at the bottom. Oh no, I haven't. So three to one. Three, one, yeah. To two. Yeah. To three. Yeah. Okay, so you got the top triangle. Now what? To six. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, no? That's not, that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. All right, start again then. Julia, do you wanna give it a try? All right, I think uh, that was a good start. So let's start the same way. Three to one. Okay. One to two. Yeah. Two to three. Yeah. And then three to five. Five okay, so all the two. way, so three to four, four to five, yeah. Yeah, five to two. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not going to work either. No, it's not. And then three not. to six, we're stuck. Yeah. And then six four. to three. We haven't oh. got the bottom bit. What about the bottom? Yeah, no, not quite right. Are you ready for the answer? Yeah, okay. All right, okay. So this is how you do it. So you start at five, you go up to two, across to three, up to one, down back to two, mm -hmm. then to four up to three down to six back up to four down yeah. to five across uh, to six or if you're going to do it the flip way you would just start at six and then go to yeah. three then to two one three four two five four six five Ta -da! Be honest, Shana, did you work it out or did you have to look at the answer? No, I did. I, you know what? I actually remember doing this because it was oh, really? one of the challenges when I was in, you know, when you go into options um, for your secondary schools. So I'd mm. finished year six and you were going around different schools to go and pick your secondary school. So I was going into year seven and this was one of the questions on the board. That's and I was fun. like, I did it. And it's stuck with me ever since. See, 
to me. I want a chimney and some smoke coming out the top, and I want to have a dog next to my house. You're gonna do all that in one. You can do all that in one stroke, can you? Mm -hmm. No, it's just, just yeah. It's quite logical, isn't it? Yes, but that's the whole. That was the idea that it's fine motor and logic and concept all in the same. That yeah. was the point. Of, <laughs> we get it now. We're yeah, I do. Right. do. And this might have taken me. <laughs> forever <laughs> there's loads of different types you can do i'm not sure whether i would have ever got the answer oh, i think no, you, you would, would. eventually do you think yeah yeah but it's also showing you the process that children do like that's the process of children have to work out you know how to draw a house or draw a hat or draw a that's what children are going yeah, through when they're hard. not mate I really oh, appreciate it. It's tricky. It's tricky, <laughs> isn't it? Our lovely kids are doing a great job. So if you got that at home, well done. Congrats. Yes, well and done. And don't feel bad it if you tricky. didn't. Yeah. And don't feel bad if you didn't. I mean, as you heard, we didn't get it. <laughs> exactly. These are trained professionals and they didn't get it. No, I'm joking. It's fine. <laughs> trained professionals, but not in this. <laughs> not in, yeah, not in drawing things with one stroke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but it's been wonderful, my lovely ladies. Thank you so much for joining me. And I can't wait to see Thank you for you. part two on Fine Motor Ooh, Skills. Exciting. Ooh. Thanks for having us, Shona. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Amazing. Thank you so much, lovely girlies. A lot of information was covered in there, of course. Um, so it might be overwhelming, but don't worry. In the episode description, we've got all of the links to the Fine Motor Skills Hub, all of the resources that they were talking about. If you want to, you know, go and have a look, use them for staff meetings or whatever you want to do, it's all there for you. What's also there for you is a link to the social media game I did about the open envelope, you know, drawing the shape without taking your pen off the paper. Go and have a go. And I just gave you one example of how it could be solved. There's actually quite a few ways you could have done it. So if you've got a different way and you were able to figure out that little fine motor riddle, a different way to me, let us know on socials or come and contact me and let me know how you did it. And it's cool, isn't it? It's nice to see the different ways that brains work and, and how there's actually quite a lot more to find motor skills than we actually maybe originally thought. So we've all learned lots there. Very exciting. The next episode, that will be with the Twinkle Earlier CPD team. That will be part two of fine motor skills. And we'll really go into the different kinds of fine motor skills there and give you a bit more detail and also give you some ideas for activities. So until that time, I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you real soon. Bye. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you would like to join in or would like to know more, then come and find us on our social media sites. We have a Facebook page, Facebook groups, an Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. All the links of where to find us will be in our podcast description. Come and join the conversation. And whatever you're doing today, I hope you have a great day.